Welcome to the City Podcast, a ministry of Ambassadors Church in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. If you'd like more information about our church, visit our website at wearethecity.org. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you are blessed by today's word. You guys ready for a word? Come on, we want to give you a word. God wants to give you a word. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. Middle of your Bibles. Uh, this word is going to be a word, I think, that's going to, to bless you and challenge you. This is a continuation of what we talked about last Sunday on the subject, Grow. And, uh, and I think this is going to be an encouragement to you because I think God wants to use the circumstances that you've been going through to grow you and develop you. Uh, Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, my version says this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the gift of your word. And we ask, God, that it would come as uh, fresh seed to fresh soil, God, that we'd be changed by what you want to say to us this morning. We love you, and we thank you for this beautiful day, for the springtime that's coming, for the late-night sunsets, God, for the fact that the sun's not going to go down at 4 o'clock anymore. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. I'd rather wake up in the dark than be dark at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I, I just prefer it. So, folks, hope is on the horizon. I wanted... If you remember last week, I talked to you on the subject grow from the perspective that uh, God wants us to be planted, positioned, and producing. Uh, planted in, 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 in the term that he wants us to know who we are and whose we are, that we are Christ, and that we belong to him, and, and that we are no longer slaves, but we are sons and daughters of God. You are not left an orphan. You are loved by your everlasting God. You're planted in that identity. Second off, you're positioned, meaning that you are going to position your life to have exposure to the word of God, the truth of God, the presence of God, because when you are positioned in the right place, you will then be uh, in the right, in the right uh, atmosphere to grow and to develop in, into the man or woman that God created you to be. But then third off, we talked about producing, which is producing fruit. And that's the, the word that I want to reemphasize here this morning is this aspect of that we weren't planted to not produce, but rather God has deposited something on the inside of you that is there for the sake of other people. You're not saved for yourself. You're saved for the sake of others. And so we are all called to produce and produce fruit. And, and so thinking more about this, this word producing and producing fruit, I mean, we, we find this theme all throughout scripture, right? In, in John chapter 15, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I abide in you, you will bear much fruit. How many of y'all love fruit? I, lo I love fruit. I, I tell, good story. Uh, some Sundays ago, I was talking about fruit and uh, I mentioned in my sermon that I love mangoes. Any mango lovers in the house? I love mango everything. Mango ice cream, mango, we have a mango candle at our house. Like I love mango, like I'm, I love mangoes. And so I said that on a Sunday, on Monday, I came into church and in my office, Edna's mom, Donna Madalena, who cleans our building on Mondays, had mangoes for me in my office. I'm like, 
I am living the life. Ask and you will receive. Uh, that, that, that was just beautiful. Tears come to my eyes. Also what she does, which is like the sweetest thing ever. Is she here right now? I got to give her a shout out again in Portuguese service. She fills up my candy bowl in my office with, you know those strawberry candies that every church mom had back in the day? Those great candies that I don't know where to buy them. They just appear. Those. Uh, it's just the supply that keeps on giving. She fills up that, that bowl. You don't need to stop by there after service. I already ate them all this week. But, uh, but we're called to produce fruit. Uh, in, in Matthew 17 also, it, Jesus says that we would be recognized or identified by the fruit that we produce. We, we have to produce. But then when I compare these New Testament verses to the verse in Psalm 1 that's talking about this plant that's producing fruit, it says that uh, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, stand in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of scoffers, but delights himself in the law of the Lord. He's like a tree planted by riverbanks who shoots down its roots and bears its fruit in season, in season, which, which proves to me a spiritual point that there will be seasons in your life of plenty and there will be seasons in your life of preparation. There is no wasted season in the kingdom of God. As a believer, I believe that there will be seasons where you produce a lot of fruit and then God will cause you to maybe go dormant for a season, but that season is not a season of deadness. That season is a season of preparation for the next harvest that is about to come. This morning, either you are in a season where you are bearing much fruit or you are in a season of preparation because God is about to use you to bear much fruit and fruit that will remain. Either you are in plenty or you're being prepared. Tell your neighbor, you're being prepared. You're being prepared. Did, did anybody just roll out of bed this morning and come to church the way you looked when you rolled out of bed? That morning breath got to go. The eye things in this corner right here got to go. The bedhead got to go. The, the lines across your face from the pillow got to go. That's how you know you got good sleep when there's lines all over your face, all over your chest. Just lines, like lashes. But, but you get up and, and you shower and you get that cup of coffee in your system. It, it hits your tired, grouchy soul and, and you start feeling a little bit better. Because you prepare. You, you, you don't roll into work. I mean, some of us maybe roll into work a little unprepared. But we prepare for the next thing. I, I didn't just kind of pop up on stage this morning and say, let's talk about Psalm 1. Because the plenty that's offered to you on Sunday morning is backed up by a preparation all week long. That Every good thing that God wants to do will always be backed up by a season of preparation. Don't confuse the preparation that God is putting you through as if it were a season of dryness or deadness. You're not dry, you're not dead, you're not dying. What God is doing is preparing you because every plant that will bear fruit must always shed its leaves and semi-die, but next spring it will always bear fruit. Again, don't, 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 don't get it twisted. God will never leave you dead. He will always cause you to bear fruit if you are positioned in him. God will always prepare you to be used. I'm not dead. I'm being prepared. 
God's preparing you for something big. What does preparation look like? What is, okay, we're, we're saying, this sounds great, Shane. I, I love this word. This is an amen word. This is, this is something that I want. I want to be prepared. I want fruit. There's the, there's the MVP right there, Donna Mandalana. The strawberry candies, the mangoes. Come on, give it up for her. She's the MVP. The bowl's empty, by the way. Um, I'm just playing. What does it look like to be prepared? There's three words that I want to give you this morning because I think that, you know, we may say yes to being prepared, but a lot of times we don't know what God's going to do to prepare us, right? Like, Lord, I want to be prepared. There's even that, like, old song that we used to sing back in the day, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. What does it mean to be prepared? I don't know. But there's three words that I want to give you. God is going to prepare you in the waiting. In the waiting. I hate waiting. I hate waiting rooms. I hate waiting in line. I hate waiting in traffic. I hate waiting for my wife to get ready in the morning. I hate, I hate waiting for ever. Ever notice when you go to a grocery store line, you're looking for the lane with the shortest, amount, like the least amount of people. You know what? We're, we're not looking for the most amount of people that we can bless or minister to. We're looking for the least amount of people to deal with. And then we go and look at the cart, how many items. We're making like a guesstimate of how many items they got. Looks like they're going to take long. The express lane says 10 items or less. We got 12. We start justifying ourselves, saying it's close enough to 10. Self-checkout's filled. I love self-checkout. And then it messes up, and then you got to wait for the person to come and all that. Don't like waiting. Here's the thing. Our... We live in a culture that romanticizes plenty but despises preparation. We live in a culture that romanticizes plenty but despises preparation, despises the waiting. We, we want, and, and that's why premarital sex is something that a lot of times, you know, becomes more than a temptation. It becomes a reality because we want the plenty without the season of waiting. The, the, the preparation for the covenant of marriage is something that's sacred. And that's why in church, we're not trying to hold people back from having sex before marriage. What we're saying is that God wants you to enjoy the plenty. And so in order for you to enjoy the plenty, you have to wait. Because in the waiting, there's a preparation that God is doing on you to get you ready for that season. This is a good word this morning. It's not Sunday morning. This is a Sunday night word, but I'm going to bring it in the morning because y'all are here. This is a nighttime word, but we need, a, we need it in the daylight. God, God wants you to, to wait. We, we need to learn the art of not trying to be in control of everything. Now, Google Maps is great because it, it, if you're going to put in a destination, you can check the traffic before you leave home, right? So, uh, so, and it's really strikingly, scarily accurate. Like, it says that you'll arrive there at a, it, it is to the, to the T, like, with the traffic and the traffic lights, it knows when you'll get there. It's, it's really good. It's better than Apple Maps. Um, but, we, we want to predict a lot of stuff. And a lot of times what God ends up doing in our life is just leaving us in a season where we don't know much. And, and that season of waiting is not a wasted season. Let me, let me just tell you that. There is no such thing as a wasted season. God has you waiting because in the waiting, you grow more dependent and you realize how little you know. You realize how little you know and how much you need God. 
And so I want to encourage the person here this morning who's been waiting on God for an answer, who's been waiting on God for, for an answer to maybe your prayer request. And you're saying, God, I've been fasting and praying about this thing for years. Lord, I've been, I've been serving you and, and being faithful to your church for years. I've been, I've, been, I've been asking you for years. I've done what you've told me to do, but I'm still waiting. As long as God keeps you waiting, you keep waiting. If you're in the doctor's office and you're waiting for your appointment and you need to desperately see the doctor and it's life or death, and if you leave, you die, guess what? You'll wait as long as it takes. Ever been in an emergency room? Everybody with the masks, everyone's waiting. You're just waiting because you know that the person on the other side of the door is the one that you need. Wait as long as you need to wait. Because in the waiting, you grow more dependent on Jesus. And you end up being prepared for the plenty that is about to come into your life. I believe it. God has you in a season of waiting for a reason. Can you say amen to that? And, and I know how frustrating it can be to wait. I'm, I'm person number one to say I don't like it. But, I, but all throughout scripture, it talks about waiting on the Lord. And every time that verse comes around, I'm like, Jesus, why? Why must we wait? If you are the God of all creation that can do anything at a moment's notice, why should we wait? God's not making us wait because he's too busy for us. God is making us wait because he loves us. He makes us wait because he loves us. And so what does preparation look like? It looks like waiting. But number two, what does preparation look like? It looks like warfare. It looks like warfare. It looks like battle. It looks like challenges. It looks like tough times. And you're over here praying for God to take away the tough time. And in fact, God allowed the tough time to prepare you for what he's about to do in your life. Did you know that we would never grow mature in Christ if we never went through anything? The warfare is what makes you a soldier. The warfare is what prepares you for the, for the plenty that is about to come. And I want to speak to the person maybe in here who feels like you've been in a spiritual battle for years. You, you feel like there's this addiction maybe, or, or maybe it's your marriage that's on the rocks, or it's your kids that are far away from God, or it's your finances that you can't get in line no matter how hard you try to budget, or maybe it's just whatever you want to fill in the blank with. I believe in this, that God uses all things to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his glory in Christ Jesus. I believe this, that God will use the warfare to prepare you for the plenty that God is about to bring and pour over your life. God uses it. God loves trials because your trials are the best backdrop for God's power to be shown in your life. God's power is best displayed against your hard times. Why? Because it draws us nearer to him. It draws us nearer to him. You know how it is. We've never prayed more fervently than when we pray when we're going through hard times. Right? We never seek, we never worship more passionately than in those moments where we need Jesus to come through for us right now. And I'm telling you, isn't it beautiful that hard times actually prepare you for the good times. My dad preached a message one time about between every two mountains, there's one valley. And, and, and there's always going to be double the blessing as there is of, of, of whatever you're going through right now. And that's a beautiful word. And I believe that for you. But I'm telling you, there is beauty in the valley. There is beauty in the valley. As hard as it may be to see, you got to start seeing your valley through the eyes of faith. 
And you got to start speaking into that valley and saying, this valley may last for a little while, but there is another mountain coming up right in, a, in just a little bit. I want to encourage you this morning because you may be feeling like the enemy is trying to defeat you. I believe that sons and daughters of God cannot be defeated. No weapon formed against you will prosper. And everything that is occurring in your life, God is ultimately going to use for your good and his glory. Your good and his glory. Can you shout amen? Your good in his glory. What, even this, even this diagnosis, God, even this unemployment, God, even my kids that are far away from you, God, how can you, let me tell you something, when you read through scripture, you come to realize something, God can use anything. God can use even people that are far away from him to ultimately be for your good and his glory. God can use a, a diagnosis of, of, a, of a rare disease ultimately to be for your good and his glory. God is able to use something as powerful as addiction to be for your good and his glory because everything that we go through becomes the testimony that God uses to transform the lives of other people. God is preparing you not to bless yourself. God is preparing you to bless other people. You're not being uh, led through this hard time for yourself. You're being through this hard time to lead other people through their hard times because it will be for your good and his glory and their freedom. I believe that God uses warfare to set other people free. The, the strife that you've been facing, the negativity that you've been surrounded by, the hard times that you've been facing, the financial stress that you've been going through, it's all going to prove to you that God is who God always said he was, that he will always sit on the throne and you will come out of this storm stronger than when you went into it. I believe that God is going to lead you to a season of breakthrough and prosperity when you learn the beauty of waiting in him, relying on him and knowing that above all else Jesus Christ is Lord and I trust in him and no one else. It's 9 a.m. and we're on fire. Say amen. Come on. God wants to use it. God wants to use it. God wants to use your stress to be a blessing for you. Isn't it crazy that what the enemy intends for evil God always turns it around and uses it for your good. Isn't it crazy that when the enemy thought he won over your life, when he thought the period was on your life, God said, now I'm going to take that period, stretch it out, make a comma, because God will always get the final word. Isn't it crazy that when the people around you have labeled you as a lost cause, God has still declared over your life that you are the ultimate cause of why he went to the cross for the sake of your soul. Don't let other people put a period where God is already still in the process. God is the author and finisher of our faith. He's the only one that stops the story. And so this morning, if you're discouraged by what you're going through, I want to remind you that you're not alone. There are people that are sitting next to you in church this morning who are going through hell on earth and who feel like they are at the end of their rope but still they can lift up their hands and still declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that is the most beautiful thing that you will ever see is somebody who has every reason to not praise, but praises anyhow. That is what God desires because worship is a sacrifice. It's not something that comes easy. And the harder it is to sacrifice it, the more powerful it is. And I believe that in those moments where you feel like giving up, giving in, throwing in the towel, all those analogies, I believe that Jesus wants you to lift up your hand a little bit harder, sing a little bit stronger, even if you sing off key, and for you to give God some crazy praise because praise will be the way to your breakthrough.
oh, I need them to lay hands on me. No, you need to lay hands on yourself. You need to start declaring some words of praise and affirmation and scripture over your life. Oh, I need them to anoint me. No, you need to go anoint yourself in your room. Close the door, shout unto God until you get a breakthrough. I believe this, that Jesus does not need pastors to be there with you in order for you. I, I believe Jesus does what Jesus wants to do by himself. You get in your house, warfare style, and you don't get out of there until you hear God. Because we want everybody else to do for us what we don't want to do for ourselves. Fight for yourself. Fight for your own freedom. Because God wants to use what you're going through. But I'm tired. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm just worn out from fighting. Man, there are so many of us here this morning who behind the church smile are tired of fighting. When you, when you strip away the, the church clothes and the, and the, and the church face, we're, we're tired, and, and I understand that. And I cling to the words of Jesus when he says, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In this world, you will have trials, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I, I, I'm going to cling to Scripture. I'm not going to cling to pastors. I'm not going to cling to, 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 to songs. I'm going to cling to Jesus. And I'm going to declare over my life that Jesus, even if I don't get it right now, I know that you're causing all things to work together for my good. Even though I'm, I'm, I'm stressed to the max right now, even though I'm tired and I'm burnt out, Jesus, I'm going to praise you anyhow. We need to get this warrior mindset that doesn't get weak when we're at war, but when we're at war, we get stronger. I believe that we're going to be a church that fights for the one who has been tired and burnt out. Where If they can't fight for themselves, we're going to fight for them. Warfare is part of your preparation. Waiting is part of your preparation. Is this word meaning anything to anybody? And third off is this, that your weakness is your preparation. Your weakness. Let's back it up by scripture so you're not thinking, wow, that just sounds good but has no point. Paul said this. He, he's talking about this thorn in the flesh that he had. And, 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 and theologians argue what that exactly meant. It, it was just some, it basically meant something that he wishes God would take away from him. And he's saying, God, I've asked you time and time again that you would remove this thorn in the flesh, this thing that's just bugging me, just just get rid of it. And then it follows up right afterwards with the words of God that says that God's power is made perfect in his weakness. That that thorn in the flesh was actually the thing God positioned to unleash the power of God in Paul's life. Because if the thorn weren't there, you wouldn't need the power to overcome it. And so that weakness was what prepared Paul to be a missionary to the nations, to plant churches all over Europe and Asia, to write majority of the New Testament. Your weakness is what God wants to use to unlock his power in your life. That weakness is there for preparation. I, I think of somebody like Moses, who was called to lead a million plus people out of slavery, and he had a stutter. I mean, wouldn't you choose somebody who spoke well? Wouldn't you use somebody who had the, the gift of eloquence and was a fantastic communicator, wouldn't you choose the leader of leaders to lead people out of slavery? 
God chooses the guy with a stutter to go before the Pharaoh and request that his people would be set free. Here's the thing. The power of God is always made manifest in the weakness of people. And so God wants to use the weakness that you have perceived as something that you need to get rid of. God wants to use that very thing to be the thing that God uses to deliver other people out of slavery. I love this. Because if you never had that weakness, you couldn't relate to other people who also have that weakness. And so when you start seeing the power of God made manifest in your weakness, you are all of a sudden equipped to unlock and and, and free other people who battle that same exact thing. The thing that you considered something that the enemy was was planting there is actually the thing that God put there so that you would have a, a, a way in to deliver other people out of that same exact thing. Your weakness is your preparation. Your warfare is your preparation. Your waiting is your preparation. God wants to use negative things to bring about positive change. God wants to use what the enemy has lied to you about and has said you're no good because of it. God wants to use those things to be the things that will set not only you free, but set other people This morning, you may feel like, I'm not bearing fruit. You may not be in a season of plenty. You're in a season of preparation. And I just want to prophesy this over your life and speak to the one who's open to this word and say that you may find yourself in this season of preparation. I speak into your life the words of Scripture that in due season, you will bear a harvest of fruit and fruit that remains anybody ever grow up in that household that had the fake fruit on the table you go bite into that apple and it's wax not that we're not talking phony fruit i know all of us ethnic houses had that we had the bowl of fake fruit god's not we're not about phony fruit god wants to bear fruit in your life that's going to feed the multitudes God wants to bear fruit in your life that's going to cause healing in the lives of multitudes. Look, you may call this, wow, you're being dramatic. No, I just call it having big faith. Oh, oh you're, just, you're just being overly optimistic. No, I'm, I'm, I'm clinging to the words of Scripture that says, if I will uh, plant my feet down by the rivers, that I will grow and bear fruit in due season and fruit that remains. And so this morning, I'm claiming that over my own life. I'm claiming that over my children, born and not born not born, not conceived even. I'm I'm praying that over generations to come because I believe, church, that when we are faithful, when we are faithful in the waiting, when we are faithful in the warfare, when we are faithful in our weakness, God will prepare us for the plenty. And so this morning, be encouraged, not discouraged. Have good hope because God will have the last word in your life. Say amen. What's the ultimate demonstration of this is the life of Jesus. Jesus is the one who at at one moment, I'm not talking different seasons, I'm talking in one moment, he proved the point that waiting and warfare and weakness will always prepare you for your mission. On the cross, on the cross, all three of those factors combined with Jesus at the cross. Let me prove it to you in two minutes flat. 
Here's the thing. First of all, our weakness. Do you not think that the human side of Jesus was weak as he hung on that cross? Do you not think that as he hung there for the sake of your soul with hands in his wrists and in his feet, hanging there, not able to hold up his own weight, do you not think that he was weak? Do you not think that there was warfare on that cross as all that was holy about God was confronted by all that was sinful about us? A clashing of two very different worlds. There was warfare on that cross, absolutely. And do you not think that Jesus was waiting? Waiting not only for the moment that he would die and be buried, but waiting for the moment that we would accept him as our personal Lord and Savior. You see, as Jesus was waiting and battling warfare, and as he was dealing with human weakness, it was preparation for the ultimate mission of saving humanity. Because here's the thing, the enemy thought that he had won when Jesus was dying on that cross. But what, what was perceived as death was actually the setup for the resurrection. What was perceived as the end of the story was actually the setup and the preparation for the beginning of your story and my story. Because God will always use weakness and warfare and waiting to bring about a glorious resurrection. And because Jesus did it, he now empowers us to live and live triumphantly. And so you may be waiting and you may be battling and you may be dealing with weakness, I believe this over your life, even if you don't believe it yourself just yet, that God is preparing you for a harvest. This is not a prosperity gospel. This is the straightforward gospel because I don't think I have anything to offer. All that I have to give God is an imperfect life, but God says that is enough for me because God's power is always best demonstrated on the backdrop of imperfect people. God this morning wants to remind you that there will be two seasons of your life, a season of plenty and a season of preparation. And when you are being prepared, God is pruning you in order to bear fruit and fruit that remains. All things that you are going through right now are setting the groundwork, the framework, the foundation for your good and his glory. Your good and his glory. Your good and his glory. This morning... There's no such thing as a wasted season. God is able to use the most silent of times to whisper to you that he alone is God. And this morning, you may be battling with impossible situations. And this is what I love about my God, is that God works best in what we label as impossible. God is preparing you. Oh, but I'm 50. 60, 70, I don't care how old you are. Until we breathe our last, God is preparing us. Oh, but I'm only 15. God's preparing you right now. But I'm in my 20s, 30s, I don't care what age you are, whatever, whatever season you're in, God is preparing you. He's preparing you for plenty. Could you stand across this place? I want to pray for you.